0: Welcome to the Going Up, Going Down podcast. And this episode is the latest instalment of the EFL Completed series, where we talk to players who have made their way up through all of the English football leagues into the Premier League. My name is George Ellick, and I'm joined by Ali Maxwell for this show, which is hosted by The Athletic. If you haven't signed up to The Athletic, you can do so now at theathletic.co.uk forward slash EFL pod for 90 days free access to the fantastic written content and ad free versions of all athletic podcasts including the four previous episodes of EFL completed with Conor Harrohan, Dave Edwards, Dean Windass and Simeon Jackson. Now Ali it's fair to say that the amount of quizzing going on around the country has shot up in the past few Mm. weeks during lockdown so we're going to kick off this week's show with something a little bit different a trivia question that I'm going to pose to you. So here we go. You may have heard it before. You may have heard it before. Who is the only player to have scored a hat-trick in the Premier League, all three divisions of the English Football League, the League Cup, the FA Cup, and for his country.
1: This is absolutely terrifying because on air, on record, I'm having a massive mind blank into a question that I know everyone will be screaming the answer to. I I tell you what, George, let me just... I've got a friend on the phone at the moment. Let me just ask him, uh, can I use a sort of phone a friend? Is that okay? Yes, i will allow it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, hi, uh, Rob, thank you. Sorry, Rob, I- I've got a quick question from George. Who is the only player to have scored a hat trick in the Premier League, all three divisions of the EFL, the League Cup, the FA Cup, and for his country as well at international level?
2: I believe that's myself. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> it is indeed that's yourself. <laughs> Rob, you're Urchell. not the right man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it are the is chances? In-
1: It's an absolute delight uh, to be joined by Rob Earnshaw on EFL Completed and just based on that piece of trivia alone, even though it boils down what is an amazing career into just one sentence, it also gives you an idea of just how much we've got to get through on this episode of EFL Completed. Rob, we're so grateful that you're joining us to talk us through your journey and your experiences in Football. Um, we had Simeon Jackson on uh, last week, and it was brilliant to get uh, an even greater sense of journey. Uh, we're talking about football careers as a journey, but also lives as well. And and, and Simeon, Simeon, when he was a child, moved from Jamaica to Canada to London, and we heard about how that helped uh, form him as a young person. Uh, yourself, Rob, you had a fair few significant moves as a child as well could you give us uh, to start with just a sense of your life journey before your football journey
2: i'm a little bit similar in uh, i'm definitely well traveled um and pretty much my whole life has is, is really been uh i guess moving um i mean uh, so background i was born in zambia in africa um it's kind of just below central africa um and um, I was born there. My my dad, uh, my dad was English. Um, he passed away when I was nine, but uh, but he was English, move over to, to Zambia and um, and met my mom. Uh, so my mom's Zambian. Uh, so I'm I'm half and half, I guess. And. Um, uh, then, uh, yeah, and then, um, you know, we lived in Zambia for the first uh, five years of my life. Um, and then after that my so my dad was a was a coal mine manager um and that's what he was working on um a couple of other things as well over there but uh he used to be a manager of a coal mine and um and uh, so he lived in zambia and then he had he had a job to move to malawi and do the, a similar thing over there so we moved to malawi which is in africa um next country over from zambia and um and we moved over there for for the next few years so um so i spent a bit of time you know in zambia spent a bit of time in malawi and um and yeah we I, but at the same time we moved around different cities um so it was a, a bit of a, a you know i guess uh, well to be honest it's it was actually normal and i consider it normal but to everybody else it's it's i guess it's not quite normal because you don't really also move that much i mean we we lived in probably five Six different cities, probably uh, by the time I was kind of nine. but um, yeah, and then uh, after that, my dad passed away when when I was nine uh, in malawi and um, and then that's when we actually moved to Wales uh, in the UK. so we moved to Wales and uh, and yeah, so I grew up in Wales then and then uh, obviously later on in my career, then obviously I start to move again, you know based on football based on different cities and uh, And just a football journey.
1: One of the things that's become clear uh, researching before the interview and and reading other interviews that you've done is that a common thread as well as travel is an obsession with football Uh, but I was interested to read uh, I believe that you didn't kick a uh, what we would consider a proper football until the age of nine or ten did that coincide with your was that because of the move to to wales is that where sort of i suppose more organized football started for you
2: i didn't start playing football until i was really my first organized football team was 12 um and that was in wales and um and before that it was I mean I played a, a little bit of football in like school and like with my friends you know when I was a kid you know back in Malawi in in Zambia a little bit but um, but you know you, we didn't have a lot you know and and we're in Africa it's 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 the 80s and um, you know we didn't we didn't really have a lot so the local kids always used to uh, make footballs but in Africa, um, how you make footballs is is uh, so you get loads of plastic bags, uh, and if you get so many, it it it's obviously kind of spongy. But you put them together, so you wrap them up. You keep wrapping them up, and it, it gets bigger and bigger. You know, I, I guess you know if you kind of put your two hands two uh, two hands together and kind of form like a ball, you kind of get a size of of something that you can kind of build. So what they used to do is put those plastic bags together and wrap them up until they get kind of big enough and then put a string around them and you put the string around them to obviously keep the plastic bags tight. You, you, you obviously tie it up in a knot and then that's your, your, your ball. And we used to play with that. So I remember that, you know, up until I was nine, we we were playing with that. It
1: seems amazing given, what might be considered uh, to some people a sort of late start in terms of organized football that you do make your full debut for Cardiff aged just 17 and a half so things moved fairly quickly once you started playing actually, more regularly I
2: got to correct you. it was actually 16 oh, no. <laughs> but it's okay. okay it's okay i was i was ca- but- i'm
1: only counting uh, i'm only counting league football here rob are you counting some uh, some welsh senior cup appearances
2: yeah i I made my debut when i was when i was actually 16 and um and that's when that's when i first got into the first team and played uh play play the game and um i actually i came on a sub uh my first start was was 17 but my uh my first time i came off the bench and and played was uh i was 16.
1: what happened in your first start in league football uh, in August 1998 away at the Hartlepool
2: it was just unbelievable really because um we go on and if uh, I score a goal on on my first start but it was not a normal goal because it was overhead kick from a uh, bicycle kick from about <laughs> you know 15 16 yards in the, <laughs> into the top corner just you know from from nothing it was actually i remember this, this is what Williams happens in films <laughs> It, it, no it was really that's exactly it but the funny thing is is when you're doing it and then you that same thought is in your mind on the pitch as you're playing as you've just done that <laughs> and you this is just a film <laughs> this, is, this is what films are and that, that was it that that's it that's exactly what happened I remember it was across from the right side and it ended up being behind me but I was always used to like in the street you know you're doing bicycle kicks you saw Pele do it and you, you, you're just you're playing. You, you, you do it all the time on the grass, whatever you, you, you know, in, in school. And uh, to do it in my first game, and you know, in that manner, and it also flies in the top corner. It wasn't like, a, you know, it just kind of went in. It also flew in the top corner. And uh, it was just the the perfect way to begin the career and to score the first goal.
1: Despite that amazing full debut and despite all the incredible goal records in the youth team, it actually takes a few more years until you really broke into Cardiff's starting eleven. In fact, uh, you were sent up to Scotland to Greenock Morton on a short loan. Um, was that a case of the manager at the time? Not really fancying you or having a sort of grand plan in his head that he knew would end up with you eventually bursting onto the scene and and scoring the goals. How how do you look back at that time? Because, yeah, you kind of expect after that full debut that you're just from that stage, but that wasn't really the case.
2: Yeah I mean listen I'm 17 and I'm obviously smaller in stature than than most at the time you know I'm am a young kid just come through and it's my first year you know being in a professional football club and I'm still building and you 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 have uh, you have you need that time to 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 build yourself into the the stature the balance the weight the 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 strength that you need to play professional football uh, now you know, these days they start them even earlier, but at the time you, you didn't have that, you know, so I I was in that process of, yeah, I'm in the first team and yeah, I just scored my first goal, but, um, but I still need certain things. I'm that I'm working on, um, while obviously I start my career. So yeah. And that was the case. Uh, Frank Burrows was, uh, was the manager actually at the time. And, um, he, you know, he actually really liked me, um, and uh, I enjoyed it with him.
0: Let's look forward now to the 2000-2001 season which was certainly your breakout season probably a bit of a dream come true because if we look at the end of it you scored 25 goals in the season and Cardiff were promoted out of what is now League 2 in second position but going back to the beginning of that campaign you know it's two years after that, that overhead kick at Hartlepool you are an unused substitute for the first three games of the season you came on in the fourth game at Barnet and scored a 90th minute equaliser. Do you look back on that game as being maybe the turning point, which you know, I guess, meant you went from being a Cardiff youngster to being part of that first team?
2: It was because when you, I think, you're what you're doing as a as a young player. You're trying to accumulate enough. Um, I guess trust is is a big moment because that is is okay. He scored, right? He can score at this level it's there you know and then you know okay there's the potential you know and then you're working on the potential as a young player and um, that really started started things off
0: the way that you moved up into such a prominent position at Cardiff coincided with the arrival of Sam Hammam and Bobby Gould as well as director of football so basically the crazy gang of Wimbledon pitching up in in Cardiff I mean so many stories about Sam Hammam as, as an owner as well, I mean, what was it like for you as a as a teenager just starting to make inroads into the first team and having all of this new investment and excitement around the club?
2: It was great. Is it, it's interesting because a few years, I mean, Cardiff it never. There's never a dull moment. The fans are crazy. The the they're, they're fanatical, but they're brilliant, and and it was great when Sam Haman came in he was uh he was the one with uh with the idea and also the i guess the money that the club needed uh because the club needed to go to the next level and what that needed is an investment and he was the one that kind of identified the club as a potential one that um and he wanted the club to go to the premier league some man's first day so he comes in and we all kind of know about the crazy gang wimbledon in the 80s and 90s and and how crazy they were and and um uh so Sam man comes in and uh we we didn't really we didn't see him so we went out for training we knew the club was taken over by him so everybody was like okay What's gonna happen? What's what? What's what's go? Is it gonna be like Wimbledon? Is it gonna be crazy practical jokes? And you know, is it you know, is it something that's just gonna, you know, just gonna be a, a really wild ride every day? And um, it was funny because we didn't see him. He didn't. He didn't, he wasn't there. And then somebody says, okay, he's gonna be here after training. So we're like, okay. So we go out to training. We're training. As we're training, um, he's turned up. And uh, he's he's paid some kid uh, on the street to come into the car park and let down all the players and the staff uh, car tires <laughs> uh, in in the in the car park. And he's let everybody's tires down. So we don't know this. We're at training. We come back, and he comes in, and nobody knows anything, right? and nobody even knows this. So. Uh, we go upstairs in the kind of a canteen area and we sat there. We have a meeting. He introduces himself and he, what he wants and, uh, you know, just say hello to everybody and, um, and uh, nothing happens. So he sits down, has his lunch and ev- all the players are ready to go home. Everybody starts to go outside, go to the car park. Everybody's just like looking around. Everybody's cars, car tires are flat because Sammerman let them down. He didn't say anything, and he look. You just see him look out the window and just started laughing. So it was, it was just the the perfect <laughs> introduction and his introduction to his first day. the, the one thing he he, uh, he used to do was mainly on on signing people. You know, when he, when he signed new players, especially as we went up the divisions and went up the leagues. He uh, he started putting things like co- things in odd things in contracts and uh, crazy stuff in contracts uh, that that just didn't belong there. <laughs> you know, as part of his <laughs> <Like> jokes. <what? laughs> I remember uh, Spencer Pryor. Uh, we signed him, um, I believe, from Man City. I believe at the time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, he was a big money signing. He came in and somebody that we needed a center back big, you know, six foot four center back, you know, experienced. And uh, he came in and uh, in his contract, apparently he had to eat uh, sheep's testicles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he actually put it into his contract. So he, when he was signing his contract, Sam McMahon put it put it into his contract <laughs> and said he had to eat sheep's balls. That was part of the contract. Otherwise, he, he's, he's not signing the contract. So he put did, it did in the contract. <laughs> he actually did it. Yeah, he actually oh did my it God. Uh, later on. Yeah. So I look back on those memories and some of the best because some of the most fun that we had was those few years.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot, a lot written about how Sam Herman's arrival at the club certainly coincided with the rise up the leagues, but I'm going to write it a different way and say that as soon as Robert Earnshaw was included in the starting lineup, that's when Cardiff's rise up the league started. And <laughs> and, and it was this first season where, where, where you played consistently and were scoring consistently in 2000, 2001, which saw Cardiff promoted into what is now league one. And, and I noticed that the 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 promotion was already won, but the final game of the season was at Hartlepool where you'd scored that overhead kick nearly three years before. And, you know, you scored your 25th goal of the season that day. Given that you'd started the season still as a teenager, still in and out of the side, just how did it feel to be banging in over 20 goals for your, you know, what had become your hometown club and and sending them to promotion at such a young age?
2: No, that was was the best. That was the best feeling because um, it was for myself, It was to prove and to to set the standard for what I believed. So what was coming out was really what I believed. What I believed was, you know, yeah, this, you know, I I, want to be scoring over 20 goals, 25 goals in every season. And that's what I was also used to, you know, Um, and to do it at that level was exactly what I was trying to do. It was okay to prove it to the league, the 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 coach, the club, and you know the fans and the the league. So when you when you when you're doing that, it's a real accomplish accomplishment, and uh, it was great. Also, uh, you know when you're when you're at that age and you're doing that, and you your the results are showing on the on the pitch, and you're proving. You know, a few years before, I you know I was in and out, and you know you're too small or you can't play this or you're going to get kicked around and this you know all of these things get flown around but in your mind you're like well no that's not going to happen uh you know put me on the pitch and it'll be fine uh so because that's not what's going to happen but you have to you know I've taken the time to do that but when i when you get 25 goals and and it's uh it's special because you you're putting you the results are showing for all the work and all the years that you 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 put in, and uh, it was unbelievable because it was uh, you know to get promotion as Cardiff, you know uh, it's it was about pushing the club forward, and you know that's trophies and things like that are memories and uh, great memories as well.
0: Well, the the next season certainly had a couple of highlights as well, none more so than a famous FA Cup victory against Leeds United and these days, you know, any of our younger listeners hearing that Cardiff beating Leeds United at home is a, is a big shock, might be a bit surprised, but this was a very different Leeds side, you know, that starting lineup that day at Ninian Park had Jonathan Woodgate, Rio Ferdinand, Lee Bowyer, Mark Viduca, Alan Smith, and and even Robbie Fowler. Uh, I know that you didn't score that day and I've seen some quotes from you saying that that's maybe been a little bit of annoyance for you, but just looking back on that day. Again, as a young striker, being able to come up against that calibre of player and, and the size of the club that Leeds were at that time and send them home packing. How did that feel?
2: Well, there's something really, really special when you play against the best players. And there's there's a real difference um, when you, you know, in, in, in that moment, you're playing against the very best, the top, top players in, you know, some of the best players in the world, but the top, top players in, in, in the Premier League. And I believe Leeds were actually top of the Premier League at that moment, and um, and obviously because you know they were playing Champions League, they were they were they also signed they were signing the best players around. You know re, you know we playing against Woodgate, playing against Rio Ferdinand, playing against Ian Hart who was one of the best left backs, and you got the England midfielders. You know David Batty's playing and Robbie Fowler. I mean, what a great player! Veduka, you know, so it's you look at the Leeds team and you're like wow, this is a an all-star. I mean, it, it was something very very special, but we also wanted that we wanted to test ourselves against the very best. And what ended up that day was one of the best days. I mean, I think it's going to live forever in in Cardiff uh, city history because even to this day it's one of the first uh things that people talk about um and it's interesting because i didn't score but it's probably also one of the most talked about games because i remember playing against uh, ian hart and i was playing right the right side almost the front three that we played and i was playing on the right side and it's really one of the first times where i played on the right on the right side and we changed it for that game i don't know why um but it was just a a change so i play against uh, ian hart was one of the best and uh i remember just um be like right okay this is this is the 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 highest level these are the the top these are the top of the Premier League so you you have to play well and uh, I just remember from the first minute I was gonna run at him and I was gonna use my speed and I was gonna I I was gonna be non-stop through the game and every time I got it uh, I remember Graham Kavanaugh our captain as well because he knew Ian Hart as well and uh, he said you have to run at him all the time you get the ball go at him create chances. So that's what I did. And uh for for a game that I didn't score in, it actually gets talked about quite a lot. You know, we go on and a uh, great free kick from our, our captain Graham Kavanagh on the day and Scott Young scores the second goal and we beat them 2-1 and uh, we knock the top of the Premier League uh, out of the FA Cup which is which was unbelievable and it was such a shock um to everybody. So I think mean, it just it also showed just what the levels that we were capable of and what was going on at Cardiff City at the time.
0: You beat the top of the Premier League in the FA Cup. You've had Ian Hart on toast as well. I mean, did, was this the time where you started to think you know you've come up against the best and you've beaten them, you know you could really go to the top here.
2: I was always thinking, okay, you know I want to play in the Premier League, and I want to play at the I want to play against the very, very best, but I want to play at the highest highest level. and I think that starts from yourself. I think you have to believe completely in yourself, in what you're trying to do. And um, so, you know, when you play against the best and the best players, you have to be, so uh, all your skills, everything that you know, and then, and some more, you know, has to be on point. It has to be, or everything come together and uh you have to be on that level and then once you get used to that level then it, it becomes more consistent but uh you have to be on that level but I always wanted to play against the best players and I really really enjoyed it and um and I think it's something that I think it, it allowed it, it allows your confidence to catch up with your your uh, abilities you know and I think you need those two you can't have those two w- without each other you your confidence has to come up because you believe it but you also have to, when you show it, it, it almost, you're telling yourself and you're proving it to yourself as well. And that gives you even more confidence. And that's how you see, you know, certain players, they jump up, you know, in different levels quickly because, you know, once they start to feel it and you feel in that moment and you can do it, then you can, you you, you your confidence is coming with your skills. You play against the best, Ian Hart at the time, one of the best left backs in the whole Premier League. It gives you confidence.
0: That season finished with playoff heartbreak. It was your first taste of of the playoffs. And I'm going to come to that in a second in the context of what happened at the end of the season afterwards. But the 2002-2003 season, I mean, on my notes, I've just written, wow. Uh, And I think that is apt given what you achieved personally in terms of goal scoring for Cardiff. You scored 31 goals in the league. You scored 35 goals in all competitions you had a strike partnership with Peter Thorne where you played 55 games each and scored over 50 goals combined. You scored three hat-chicks in the season. I mean, this must have been just absolute carnage for you. Did you feel like you were just performing at a level where you were just just better than the opposition?
2: Yeah, it's it, it was interesting because it was tough. It, it was very tough, but we were, we were confident. We had a good team and we had good players. Um, and uh, funnily enough... Uh, that core of that team ended up uh, quite a lot of us actually went on to play in the premier league later on. Um, but you've got to think, okay, at this time we're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to go up, uh, the leagues. And, um, the, the, the best thing was, was just, um, and the interesting thing is at the beginning of that season, I actually didn't start. Um, I started on the bench as well. And at the beginning of that, it was about, um, you know, it. it, it you know, I, I think I missed the first, you know, four or five games or something. I was on the bench, coming on, um, and it wasn't until I scored. Um, we we played in the in the League Cup, and I scored a hat trick, uh, uh, Boston, and then that's when everything kicked off. That's when, because I scored a hat trick, and I, I I needed to prove to the manager that you know I wanted to play, and and I should be playing. And uh, Lenny Lawrence was the was the manager at the time, and um, he uh, he I scored the hat trick Boston in in midweek, and then on the Saturday had a choice. And Andy Campbell, uh, who played at Middlesbrough, played played in the Premier League, just got signed, so he was playing the first few games, and then it was a choice between me and him. And uh, and because I scored the hat trick, Lenny then put me in, and um, really from that moment on, it was it, I was it just felt that i was just uh hit this different level and i think the best way to 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 say it, i mean i think i scored something like 8 or 9 games in a row i can't remember because it was it, it's funny because there was i call it like a almost like the there it's like a zen moment it's like a, i don't know it's it's like in the matrix where you know neo just realizes he's the one <laughs> you know i don't know it's kind of like that where I scored the hat-trick against Boston, but then after that, it was just every game, it was, I was going to score. And I scored again, and I scored again, and I scored again. And I I just went on this crazy run of scoring goals and everything, every type of goal, uh, you know, from outside the box, from left foot, right foot, tap-ins, like all just different angles. I was in the right place at the right time. And it just... uh, it was amazing um, but it was great because we also had a, because we had a good team and that created chances it allowed me to to be in that zone and um, that Zen moment is when everything you practice kind of comes together because almost like uh, there was at times where I was playing and I was scoring goals and it was almost like automatic and it was almost like uh, like you're watching yourself do it. it it's it's hard to explain but it's almost like subconsciously it's just happening and there's there's games where you're like okay how you know you scored this goal you scored that goal and you're like well, how did you do that and it's like i don't know it was almost automatic and that's the feeling that's what was happening it was incredible and the funny thing is i scored 34 goals and the record at cardiff was was 34 i believe at the time and uh, it went to the last game of the season to break the record i had to score in that game and i i remember we we were already in the playoffs and i remember lenny as the as the manager says to me he says uh, you know i'm gonna put you on the bench because we've got the the playoffs start next week so i can't have you injured you know and i've scored 34 goals and i'm thinking no lenny <laughs> i need to play you know <laughs> the 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 record for the most goals in in Cardiff's history is, is 34 i believe and i need to score today to to break the record so that's the only thing i was thinking about and uh, and that was that was what was on my mind but i was like yeah i understand you know because i had a great relationship with lenny he was, he was brilliant but i understand the situation and uh, no problem i'll be on the bench and uh, i remember he uh he brought me on halftime because the game wasn't going so well. So he brought me on halftime, and I was like, right, I've got forty five minutes to break the record here, and uh, and luckily you know I got a chance and scored the goal and and broke the record and it went to the last game of the last game of the season and I broke the record for for that. But that personally that was a, a great achievement because I also you know I I, I lived to also score goals and and but also break records and hat tricks and and get because you you want to do your job in the most effective way and in the best way and and um you want to be at a a high level and uh that's what my mentality was and yeah to do it on that day and the last game and how the game went and you know it's uh it was special because it, it was tough it was a tough year but I loved it also. I mean, what a, in such an enjoyable season, you know, because not just because we scored goals, but we were doing so well. The, the the people that we had in the dressing room, the players that we had were good, good people. And, um, you know, not afraid, big, big characters too, not afraid to tell you exactly, you know, what was on their minds and what was happening and whether you were playing good or not. And you might have just scored, but you gave the ball away. And they'll tell you in in a, not a nice, not the nicest way, but but you appreciated it because they were driving you to do more, and uh, that was part of it. You know, and the competition we had in that dressing room was high, and I think that contributed towards me scoring that many goals.
0: You finished the season in sixth position, and it was a consecutive playoff campaign. Uh, the season before, I mean, it, it looks to me like it must have been an absolute heartbreak. Where. Um, you played against Stoke over two legs, you scored the opener in the away leg, and when you were subbed off in the semi-final second leg in the 88th minute, you know you were on your way to the final, and then Stoke scored in the 90th minute for extra time, and then again in extra time to, to win the tie. I mean, to be coming off the pitch thinking that you're going to the final, how much did that influence and to spur not just you, but the whole team on to ensure that Next time round, having bidded through that disappointment to make sure that you made the playoffs count.
2: That was that was one of the big, just kind of I guess disappointments uh, because we we just felt that we were good enough and we felt that we did enough. Especially Stoke at the time were you know a top top team with with very strong players and uh, just felt that we we were good enough. And that was the moment, and uh, to be you know so close and to to lose it was devastating. And I remember just so such a so down about it, you know, and everybody was, and it was such a disappointment. But I think the the best thing is that I think the reaction after that going forward, because we were so disappointed, so we were so low, so, so just felt that you know how the seasons were going how we were playing we deserved it but it just wasn't it wasn't to be and i think the reaction and and to go from that into then going forward was uh, i think one of the one of the best things i think it just it helped us because i think sometimes those disappointments help you to move things forward and it helps you to go to a different level and um and that was that what was happening and it was uh it was something that we knew it drove us because we went through it. And uh, and I, I think it definitely helped us.
0: So your goals, Rob, helped fire Cardiff up from what is now League 2 into the championship. And your one and only season at that time for Cardiff at that level was, was pretty successful. Again, individually, uh, Cardiff finished 13th, which is obviously a respectable uh, place to finish in the table after coming up through the playoffs. But you stole the show individually with 21 league goals and twenty six in all competitions, and fair to say, a few clubs started to circle. I'm seeing, you know, seen articles mentioning Celtic, Fulham, Charlton, Aston Villa, and Sam Hammam himself said, himself said that uh, they would hang me in the city centre if he was sold. And, and it wasn't until a couple of weeks late into the season, actually, that you did uh, make way, and you were sold to to West Brom. So, I mean, were you were you keen to to move on to try? and play at a higher level? Was it a difficult decision to make? And, and were there other clubs that you that you nearly
2: moved to at that time? In all these different clubs we're we're looking because, you know, I scored, you know, tw- 35 goals one year and then twenty over 20 goals the next year doing it at the international level as well. The decision was, was tough, but in the end it was about, okay, do I want to play in the Premier League? And that was the question I asked myself. Do I want to play in the Premier League or not? And, I, you know, at the time you had some of the, the greatest players that have played for played in the Premier League playing, you know, you, every, every team had a superstar, a, a great, a, a Premier League great on their team. And that was the level, you know, and, um, you know, remember we even, at one point uh, it was out of West Brom and and Everton and uh, we were waiting on Everton and I was actually, it was deadline day and I was on the way to, I was on the way to to West Brom. And then we had a phone call to say, uh, like, hold on. I think Everton are wanting to to make a bid as well, and they they want to make an offer. But then it was like, right, okay. I remember we actually stopped on the on the on the, on the motorway, and really to to decide either it was Everton or, or West Brom. But I don't know for some reason something happened with Everton, and it didn't end up. So I was like, okay, you know, both are going to be Premier League you know, and we'll, we'll see. But So I decided, uh, you know, West Brom and and, uh, and went and then signed. And it, it was very, very tough. It was very tough. But also, it was about playing in the Premier League and playing against the best, best players. And uh, that was the decision. And uh, that's why I went. And that's why, at that time, uh, it, it it just, you know, it felt like the right time. It felt like the right time to to do that. And, you know, you also you don't realize, Okay, when are you going to have the chance? When are you going when when are you going to play in the Premier League? You know, you 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 also want to test yourself against those. And also because I was playing international football, I was playing with the likes of Ryan Giggs and, you know, Craig Bellamy and John Arts and Gary Speed, uh, you know, Robbie Savage. You know, all of these people I was playing with who were playing in the Premier League and, you know, and where there's. The top level is very addictive. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a it's a great level to play at. And for me also, I wanted to get better. And it was about learning to get better. And when your competition is the best, you automatically, you know, can get better. And I had that mentality to try and test myself there, but also to build myself as a as a person and as a player to learn and to be to be at that level and to reach those levels. And that's why I went.
1: Rob, it's I think uh, about six years after travelling up to Hartlepool and making your league debut for, or your your first league start, I should say, um, for Cardiff. Uh, then you make your your Premier League debut uh, away at Anfield, uh, aged aged twenty three. Uh, this West Brom side, I mean, look, let's just get the elephant out of the room straight away. Your first taste of Premier League football, your first season, is otherwise known as the great escape. Uh, this West Brom mm-hmm. side and one of the Premier League's sort of most famous s- stories of uh, of survival. Uh, but it does mean that certainly for for large parts, the team was really struggling. Uh, and I'm interested, you know, it sounds like you, you, you're fairly, you had been quite reflective about the art of goal scoring, about your own uh, role as a goal scorer and how to adapt and, and, and what it means to be a goal scorer. What we'd like to hear is how did things feel in terms of the quality and speed of the game at that level in the Premier League? And how did it impact you and how you sort of perceived your role as a striker and how you developed at that time?
2: This is Anfield with, you know, the likes of Steven Gerrard and Xavi Alonso and, and you know, great players, you know, Uh, character and you know all of these all these players are are playing and um it it was it was something that you're like okay what's it going to be like um and also i also want to carry on what i've been doing for the last few years i want to carry on at this level In, in my belief it 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 was it. It was that, I, and and because I was playing international football, I got a real taste of the levels and the speed of how it how it was going to be. Because at this at this moment, I already scored, you know, the winner, my debut, the the winner against Germany um, before the two thousand and two World Cup. I, I already played against some of the best players, and 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 you know, the, we played Germany, we 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 beat them. We played Croatia, we played. Uh, lots of teams we played italy we we played against the, some of the best players in in italy so the the speeds i, I kind of understood what it was going to roughly be like but in a league form at anfield in the in the in the premier league okay what what's it going to be like and i think you know i think as soon as i played the first few minutes i was like yeah this is not a problem i think it's going to take me a few games to get used to it but but this is great. And, and this is, this is, this is not a problem. And, and, um, you know, you want to build that and you want to play well and you want to play more games at that level. I think the speed, the, the speed, things like speed is the, is the instant thing that hits you. I think the speed is much faster. I think uh, the speed is real lightning quick, but the quality, I think the quality is what hits you the most, most players, um, everybody can pass, everybody can move, everybody's, you know, they're smart, clever players. But I think the quality, you know, for instance, uh, you know, we're playing Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, Steven Gerrard uh, is playing and he's unbelievable. I mean, his movement to get the ball, his passing <laughs> He's getting the ball and nobody can get the ball off him and he's, he, he turns and sprays the ball to his uh to to the right hand side with his left foot he he turns he sprays the ball to the right side with his right foot and it's it just like crazy high level passing and then um and I remember he got brought off uh t- towards the end of the game and uh, Xavi Alonso comes on and he t- he takes it up another level and it was it was almost like a clone and he, I remember he coming He comes on, <laughs> and uh, there was there was a there was a pass. I, th- I think it was Torres. Um, but but I was ad- I was admiring the pass too much. He got the ball. Um, one of his you know first two two three minutes, he got the ball in the in the middle of the pitch, and he's kind of looked up. He's looked to the right, but he's made this pass on the ground from for maybe forty yard pass with his side foot but i remember the it was like the ball cut the grass the whole way until it reached the destination <laughs> and it was unbelievable but the the interesting thing was this pass even to this day i still think it's not on it's it's not on <laughs> you know and this pass was between two players who were only probably maybe 8 yards apart and he's put the ball right in the middle between the two on onto the striker, and I was like, Wow, okay, that is the level. But the best thing was, I was like, pure appreciation for that because I was like, that is the level. That is exactly why I've moved. That is what I want to play up against. because th- that is that when when that level becomes normal and you you play enough games to at that level, your level goes up, and that's what I wanted, and that's the challenge that I that I wanted to play at. But it was great. It was it was great. I mean, we lost the game three nil, but there was such an appreciation that wow, that it just made my Premier League debut. It's Anfield. Yes, we lost, but that we're playing against some of the best players that have played the game, and this is the level that you want to be at.
1: What about sort of personally, and, and I guess more psychologically than in 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 pure on pitch terms? You come from obviously being just the golden boy at Cardiff, the team that you've um, sort of started your career at, unbelievable goal-scoring record, and coinciding with great success, to under big pressure in a in a Premier League relegation battle, and certainly in the first half of the campaign, in a team that was really, really struggling. How did that difference in, I guess, more on the mental side, how did that impact you differently? And how, how did you have to adapt?
2: I think I think adapting was um, you know, for instance, it, it was it, I, I felt that you need I needed the same support that I had with, with the Cardiff managers, and uh, I, think, I remember Gareth Megson at the time, and it was it was tough because he was very ruthless and he was you know not caring almost, and he um, I remember thinking, hey, like you know I'm your player, <laughs> you know we you, you also you want me to score goals so. You know, allow that. You know, and uh, so those things I think is is tough, but you 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 kind of adjust and you know you you play and you try and adjust to what the manager wants. So you kind of go with that, and I think adjusting to that, and also I think just some of the some of the instruction as well, because you I was almost allowed to because it got to the point where the style that I played was you you had to allow a lot of freedom in my game uh to for me to score goals you know you 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 have to allow that imagination and sometimes doing things out of the ordinary and and sometimes you will lose the ball but overall you're going to get a consistent goal scorer and that's the style and when I went to West Brom it was like no run to the right now run to the left and now run over here now run over here and it was it was everything was not to do with being in the best place to score a goal and the best chance to help your team so that was a big adjustment. And, um, and I think adjusting to that, I think the mentality wise, I, I, I had no problem because my confidence was, well, I know I can score goals at this level. I've scored at an international level, so it's not a problem. I know what I'm trying to build as a career and uh, what I'm trying to do on the pitch, because this is what I, what I do. I, uh, I, I score goals. I, you know, the, that's what I'm trying to do. So, I think, but it was also just, thing, I think the, the thing you adjust to a new teammates more because you don't know them. You don't know how they play. They don't know how you move. You might make some movements. I remember sometimes you, you make some movements and they don't see you because they're not looking up. At Cardiff, I was used to that. You know, I, over time, we built relationships where, you know, you made a little movement. I'm going to move here. You, sometimes you got to the point where, you, they you know, you just moved and the ball arrived. And then sometimes at West Brom, you know, playing at the higher level, it didn't arrive. And I was like, like you had to take time for that. That takes time, and I think the club wasn't ready. Also, the club wasn't ready at that time. I think that's why we struggled for the first uh, for the first half of the year, and we were bottom at Christmas. And yeah, you know, everybody goes down who's bottom at Christmas, you know, in the Premier League. But it's you. What we tried to do and what we wanted to do was change all of that and create history. And listen, it ended up that we go into the last game, and you know. By some luck and however it happened, you know we 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 get a point at Old Trafford in the second but last game of the season. and then the last game of the season we we win the game and we got four points from Man United and Portsmouth, which at the time was was unthinkable. and we stay up in the Premier League. But I think the biggest thing with that was a lot of lessons but because the club wasn't ready and the team wasn't ready and the tactics wasn't ready and and so many things that we would, we needed another couple of years really to to build as a as a club and players so it it was just at that time unfortunately but we had a good team because you know played with the likes of Kanu played with the likes of Kevin Campbell um you know great players. i mean uh, Junichi Inamoto who, who came from Arsenal and you know Good, good players, and um, we had a good core of a team. But you know, I think just everything else around because I'm just having good players is just not enough. You need the tactics, you need the training, you need all of these other things. You need the 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 club, the culture, the 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 team, everything to be to be coming together. But it 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 was just uh, we had a good team spirit. We had good people, good players. Um, It was just early. And um, you know, it ended up being a great escape. And I always say this: sometimes your trophies are not the ones, you know, of the Premier League, because there can only be one Premier League uh, trophy winner. Um, sometimes your trophies are in the form of achievements, and those achievements in that in that year was to stay in the Premier League. You know, you're playing against Mourinho. his first, I think it was his first year at Chelsea. You're playing against Mourinho and the the Lampards and the John Terrys and Drogba's and uh, Shevchenko, Crespo, all all of these people, and and then you go into Old Trafford, and you, put, you, you Alex Ferguson is on the side. And you're playing against Ronaldo and you're playing Van Nistelrooy and uh, Roy Keane and Skulls and Giggs and, you know, all of these. And then you're playing against, uh, you know, Liverpool and Steven Gerrard is playing. And, you know, and you go to Arsenal and it's not just like Arsenal, it's the Invincibles' Arsenal. And, you know, to finish it off, you've got uh, Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp playing up top together. And you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's as high as you can get it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm but it's that type of level and and it was difficult you know because it's that that you can't get it any harder than that
1: You've very modestly mentioned a game at Old Trafford, the one-all draw. You scored the penalty to equalise, to get that point. If if West Brom had lost that day, relegation was, was assured. Uh, and, of course, the team that you had supported growing up as well. So that was a big moment. But I've got to ask about the Premier League hat-trick, uh, off the bench, no less, which was a huge victory for West Brom in this great escape against Charlton uh, in mid-March. Uh, of course, you'd already scored a hat-trick in League 2, in League 1. In the championship, in the FA Cup, in the League Cup, and at international level, be honest, did you, as a goal scorer, know that you were a Premier League hat-trick away from having a remarkable and unique record?
2: Do you know what? I never had a clue. Not one clue. Didn't have an idea. Because I think myself, it was, I want to score as many hat-tricks in my career as possible. And sometimes I'm not thinking whether it's uh, it's in this league or it's in this cup or it's at international or it's, or it's Premier League. I'm just trying to get as many as possible. So it's funny because um, so the moment I found out. So we play Charlton away and it's a big game because we need to win. And West Brom, we need the points to stay up. Uh and, you know, I, I come off the bench and I remember being so disappointed during the game or before the game because I wasn't playing because I felt that I was playing well enough and whatever, tactically, the manager changed it, whatever the reason. And I remember being so disappointed. But then I, I remember during that game just thinking, okay, uh, and I'm analyzing the game and analyzing the defense uh, from the bench. So I'm watching the game and I'm looking at the spaces and I'm looking at players, how they move and, and where the spaces are. So when I come on, I, I analyzed the game already, and I, I understood, okay, we're the best positions and best places that I was possibly going to score in that game. And listen, we, also, we got a few chances, uh, a couple of great passes. Um, we played well on that day, and I got a, a hat-trick. So when I get that hat-trick, I, didn't, I still didn't know. I didn't have a clue. I just felt great and because it's it's an achievement, because it's, it's what you're trying to do. I scored the hat-trick. It was great. We're celebrating. We're celebrating the win. And uh, I think it was, uh, I think she, maybe Chris Kamara, uh, I believe, uh, was interviewing me for Sky Sports after the game. And uh, he said, you know, now you've scored a hat-trick at every single level, including international and including Premier League. And that was actually how I found out because I wasn't keeping score of where it was and and which league uh, and even actually the record, which ended up, you know, still stands to this day. So I did not did not know. And that's that. That's how I found out with the interview. And um, it's because the actual art and the actual, uh, you know, producing the the hat trick is the most important thing and uh that's the that was the focus and uh, i mean it was a great day and great great moment and uh uh now i can appreciate it uh, you know and now i especially when people ask me you know everywhere all over the world uh, this this question comes up and uh it it is something very very nice and uh, you know i'm humbly very very grateful because you you want to leave your career with something that's you know, seen as a high level, seen as a, and recognized as something that you did very, very well in what your specific role was in the team. And especially with goals and hat-tricks, um, to be the only person ever to to do it is, um, is, is you know, it's, it's. I'm very, very grateful for it.
1: Oh, it's an amazing thing. And you did finish that season as the club's top scorer with 14 goals. Looking at your, your minutes and you kind of touched on it with, um, with the sorts of instructions you're getting from the managers, it it looks just purely from looking at the amount of minutes played that you, you're still not fully being trusted despite being the club's top scorer. And of course, that the next season, after all the celebrations and a great escape, uh, it, it seems clear that there's still some reservation, something holding Robson back from, from sort of giving you a full chance, a lot of time on the bench, sometimes not brought on at all, uh, and only four starts in the first few months of the next season, which led to you moving to Norwich in January. What was stopping you from getting more opportunities? Uh, at the time, y- you were quite open in, in uh, I suppose, going public with your disappointment with the relationship with the manager.
2: Uh, I mean, listen, there was no... I wouldn't say there was any falling outs or whatever. I mean, for sure, you you disagree and you disagree when you should be playing, when you should not be playing, what what should happen. Uh, but all all in the manner of to to be in the best position, but also to be um, going in the same direction and and going in a good direction. That's the key. Good in a in a good direction. I think everybody understood that uh, we had a good some good players, but. You know, I scored 14 goals in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of spoke volumes. And that was the reason why I felt that, um, you know, could have played more and should have been playing more. Um, And I think uh, it just got to the point where I I wanted to play all the time. And uh, I was looking for the option for somewhere else. And uh, Norwich uh, came in at the time. And I just thought, what a good club, good place. Uh, I, I I just like the 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 idea of going to a club like that and uh, and also to you know, to to play and do well and uh, and progress and that was the that was the key behind it. So it, it just you know it it happens that way and you know sometimes you you can stay and sometimes you can sit on the bench and you know wait whatever. It just wasn't for me, you know. I, you know, I was also impatient at the time, and I wanted to play. And I just felt that uh, that that rhythm of scoring goals. You, I, I needed, I needed that to needed that rhythm, and that rhythm comes with being allowed to play. Allowed. There's going to be certain minutes. You can't score every minute of every game, but there's going to be certain moments where, you know, maybe you don't play well, but the next game, no problem, because you know, consistently what do you do you score goals okay well consistently there's going to be a few games where that doesn't happen and um, and overall it it will happen and that's the type of uh questions that I was asking and that's what I needed and like i said the style that i played you needed some you know and and you know sometimes things might not come off because that's football that's that's what happens no one plays well all the time and your team is definitely not winning all the time um so but it was it was a a lot of learning because uh, you know I, I understood a lot of things but also you know you you're in an environment of you know grown men and 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 uh, you know people you know uh, you also gonna have an idea of you know maybe we 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 can do this or can do you know can't do that or yeah. maybe you're looking in the wrong area maybe we should look at how many goals we've conceded <laughs> you know wow. it's, it's it's just things like that but, but yeah. not not to, you know i'm saying that as an example but you know i i trusted the the you know, i trusted the team and the core and, and what we had I, I thought it was good really good players really good people and i really enjoyed you know I, I enjoyed training with them i enjoyed players and it's just detail i think it's just details that we were we were missing and uh sometimes the details were pointed in in different different angles where you know it's I, I didn't feel that it was it was that way and I needed to 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 move to go play and play and stay in the national team and compete in the national team because I felt that uh, I needed that rhythm and uh, and that was important for me
0: well you, you definitely found that rhythm with your next move where you scored 27 goals and 47 appearances in a really prolific spell at Norwich because of time we can't look into that too much but it earned you a move to Derby. Uh, you were Derby County's record signing at the time, back in the Premier League where you wanted to play. Uh, Billy Davis brought you in, but it's fair to say things didn't go to plan at Derby. Uh, that Derby side finished with just 11 points. You were in and out of the, the, the team for the whole campaign. And it's the only club in your career looking through it, especially at this time where you hadn't been a success, where you hadn't scored the goals that, that, that you went In there to do so. How tough is it looking back on that? You know that infamous, I guess, season at Derby.
2: Um, Do you know what? I always look at it as um, in this way because the I don't I don't look at it as like um, it was it it was this perfect scenario. In fact, it was the opposite. I think for a start, the club wasn't, again, you know, I think we were, West Brom wasn't ready, but it was building towards being ready to be a Premier League team. I think when when I went to Derby, it was nowhere near. And it also wasn't looked to go to the next step. You know, it wasn't looking to, to progress forward. And I think it just it was a lot of things happening inside the club. That really affected things. There was a lot of players. There was a lot of coming in, coming out. Players sold and players coming in, going out, and 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 playing and not playing, and so many changes that it was like, what's 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 the club direction? There was a lot of confusion. I, I felt that at the club, and that's why I, I look at it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes things are out of your hands, uh, and that's how I look at it because. You know, yes, you 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 want to play well and do these things, and everything like that. But there was a lot of confusion with with so many things, so many areas, including on the pitch. So it it was only you know it was only natural that you you're not going to be in the best place to do well as a team, you know, or as players. You know, never mind. You you know you you need to put yourself in, on on a platform to to be the best it, it, or to be in the best position possible for you to play well and we were playing against some of the best players you know again we were playing against some top top world-class players and you cannot afford to be uh not ready or there's confusion in the club nobody knows what's happening here there and everywhere who's playing who's not you know players are getting sold players leaving players coming in and you know so many things so and that's actually why we left and a lot of players left after that because it was just, I think it, it wasn't in the best platform to, to be playing well in the Premier League and winning games. And um, that's why I left quickly. A lot of players left quickly um, and why I moved to West, uh, Nottingham Forest.
0: So Rob, you completed the EFL and scored a lot of goals in the meantime. I mean, after the, uh, the, the length of this interview as well, you went on to Forest, as you said, and had another prolific spell there as well and just a brilliant career starting at Cardiff and then of course your time in England except for a short span at Blackpool ended at Cardiff as well but we've absolutely loved speaking to you about your career about you competing in the EFL and all of those goals uh, so thank you very much for joining us but just before I let you go I have to ask you about a tweet four days ago Rob where you tweeted there is zero evidence that today <laughs> is Sunday we are all kind of relying on the fact that somebody has kept an accurate count since the first one ever now I know that we're all going a little bit stir crazy during lockdown but I absolutely loved this and I'm here for this kind of <laughs> lockdown philosophy uh, and I would certainly subscribe to any kind of theological blog that you were to write Rob can you can you just kind of talk us through where that one came from
2: well uh, <laughs> there's 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 a few uh actually uh classics uh that uh always get reminded <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's funny that you uh you say that um i just i mean listen I, i'm a i'm i'm a free thinker and i'm uh, within that you know it's i'm not uh, I, i'm not a conventional uh thinker so i think at times i think things that are outside the box and things that um uh, that i think you know sometimes obvious but sometimes you know a little bit of a i guess makes you think makes you Put you on, on on a different open your eyes a little bit and open your mind a little bit and uh, and sometimes I, I guess my twitter reflects that and some of the things I, so it's not just a you know a lockdown thing it's uh, it's a life thing i call it so i think it's uh, it's something that uh, probably won't stop but <laughs> i have uh, a, a few other ones <laughs> that uh, that uh, always get uh, brought up um uh, from my twitter so
1: it's certainly not a new thing uh, rob anyone who, who's followed you on social media for best part of a decade now will know that that you've got you've got plenty of, of depth to your thoughts on occasion including just before we really <laughs> do say goodbye one that really got me thinking about my work and friendship with my co-host george where you said friendship is weird you pick a human you've met and you're like yep i like this one and you just do stuff with them. That is what George and I have been doing for about fifteen years since we met, aged age ten. So that really got me thinking. Um, uh, thank you so much. The 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 depth of your answers and explaining your journey and your career. It has been an absolute pleasure for us, uh, Rob. And hopefully, uh, you've got a little bit of something out of this 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 hour or so of reflection as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Going Up, Going Down podcast.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Well, you are one now of a growing series of episodes of EFL Completed, all, all of them Can be heard on this podcast feed. Please, listener, do subscribe to the Going Up, Going Down podcast. There's plenty more where this came from. All of the Athletics podcasts are free on all podcast platforms. They're also available ad free if you're a subscriber to the Athletics site and the app. All sorts of written content on there, both football related, but American sports as well, if that's your bag. If you're not a subscriber, there's a chance for a 90 day free subscription, a free trial. I should say, if you subscribe by heading to theathletic.co.uk forward slash EFL pod, that's E-F-L-P-O-D, you'll get a 90-day free trial and you can give it a good go. Please join us again next week on the Going Up, Going Down podcast. And thanks again to Rob Earnshaw for joining us this week.